Happy Sexy Millionaire. It's a catchy book title. It certainly got my attention. Initially, I thought that this was another one of those clickbait titles looking to reel me in and to take my money. And once reeled in, I'd probably quickly find that it lacked any substance at all. But I was genuinely surprised, and pleasantly so. In this episode, we'll look at Stephen Bartlett's book, Happy Sexy Millionaire, to see how his philosophy enabled him to become a highly successful entrepreneur before the age of 25, and what we can learn from his approach to life. Hey, Matthew Norrie here, the host of the Happy Habit Podcast, talking health and well-being like clockwork every Monday and Thursday. And I say like clockwork because, well, we haven't missed a single week in the last 18 months. Consistency, I have learned, is key when you're putting a podcast out into the world. You, the listener, expect two podcasts every week and I feel I cannot let you down. If you turn up for me, well, then I have to turn up for you which reminds me to thank you for being here. This podcast has grown and grown since May of 2020. We've recorded over 160 episodes and have listeners in 112 countries, which just blows my mind to think of how we started 18 months ago. So thank you. And if you're getting value from these episodes and you think somebody you know might get some value too, please share the name of this podcast, The Happy Habit Podcast. I'm always looking for inspiration. This inspiration is twofold. One, I can use this inspiration personally in my own life. And two, it might even become the subject of one of my podcast episodes. And that is exactly what happened when I discovered the book Happy Sexy Millionaire by 29-year-old British entrepreneur Stephen Bartlett. Stephen is the epitome of inspiration. His story is a real rags-to-riches tale. He was born in Botswana in Africa and moved with his family to the UK where they really existed on the breadline. Stephen wasn't academic at all and as an 18-year-old his only ambition was to possess material wealth without any clue as to how he would achieve it. Needless to say, he had set the bar very low. Well, Stephen quickly learned his approach wasn't going to get him out of poverty at all, so he changed his mindset and his ways. Within five years, he became a CEO, running an online marketing company worth over $200 million. One of the main takeaways from the book is that happiness is not somewhere in the future. It isn't some place where you are the proud owner of a large house, two cars and have the perfect partner. Happiness cannot be attached to a destination or goal because the destination cannot ever make us happy. It's the journey that brings us fulfilment, not the destination. Which means from a happiness standpoint, we must choose to be happy in this moment right now not make it conditional based on the presence of desired goals. In order to enjoy happiness in the now, we must appreciate ourselves as we are right now. Bartlett is hugely critical of the toxic effects of social media, which force us into a comparison game, a ritual of compare and despair, which robs us of our self-esteem. 
we end up feeling less than we actually are. Inadequate, not enough. When you think about it, the whole basis of consumerism is predicated on companies advertising their products in such a way as to make you feel as if you are lacking in some way because you don't own their product. Bartlett says the only comparison you should be making is comparing the you of today with the you of yesterday. If you want to be happy, focus on this. The author at this point mentions a theme dear to my heart. He says if you do only one simple thing to increase your happiness, then let it be expressing gratitude on a daily basis. Gratitude gives you context, perspective. It helps you create a more positive self-assessment of how complete you already are. Be conscious and consistent when expressing gratitude. He also talks about the benefits of maintaining a gratitude journal, stating that we learn to be less materialistic when we are grateful for what we already have. Gratitude journals also lead to fewer negative emotions. In short... Gratitude can be transformative, turning resentment into love, a disease into hope, and you into enough. Bartlett makes the point I have covered here before, that our brains haven't evolved quickly enough to be able to process all of the noise and chaos that is the digital world and social media today. Evolution happens very slowly, over hundreds of thousands of years. But our brains, as adaptable and malleable as they are, have struggled to adapt to the lightning-fast emergence of digital and social media. And, as a result, we are seeing an epidemic of depression and anxiety. So we need to start seeing social media for what it really is. Algorithms used by large tech companies to trick us into using their apps for their benefit, not ours. When we do this... We will dilute the negative effects it has on us and boost our levels of happy because we won't spend hours comparing ourselves to seemingly filter-perfect lives of others that we think we should be like. Everything you need to be happy right now, you already have. Bartlett is scathing about the what's your passion question, calling it a loaded, invalid, naive question which society is obsessed with and which is the source of stress and overthinking. He says this notion that everyone should have a a passion and know it is too binary or too one size fits all. The reality is people are fluid, they have multiple passions which change over their lifetimes. Having a singular passion is too simplified and does not take into consideration people's complexities. There is no script we should be conforming to because everyone has their own bespoke, personal and unique experiences. We should be concerning ourselves with writing our own set of rules specific to us and our lives, rather than trying to emulate what Bartlett calls a social blueprint, which might in the long run actually hurt us. Instead of asking what our passion is, Bartlett lists five crucial elements to a dream job, which are proven to enhance our satisfaction. Number one, it must be engaging work, which we find holds our interest, in that we must come with freedom to perform the job how we see fit. The tasks must be clearly defined and it must be varied and come with feedback from the people above. Two, work that helps others. Kindness gives us a high. We feel better when we do things for other people. 
Number three, do not just do what you love, but do something that you are actually good at. Number four, avoid working with disagreeable people, like a bad boss who will have a toxic effect on you and your working environment. And number five, work-life harmony. Work matters, but the rest of your life matters too. Because of the way we live and the COVID restrictions enforcing isolation, we are lonelier now than we've ever been before. We are more likely to have anxiety or mood disorders now than at any point in history. Human beings crave connection. We thrive as a member of a tribe. This is how we evolved. We can see when monkeys are denied social stimulation, their mental health also suffers. The author found himself isolating voluntarily when building his business, which, in hindsight, he says was ill-advised and irresponsible. He had been lulled into the corporate mindset that to get ahead you had to burn the midnight oil constantly. If he wasn't continually hustling, he was not being ambitious enough, but he admits now that this was wrong. You can work hard, yes, but not at the expense of your basic psychological needs. We need human interaction. We need balance. At 27, Bartlett left the company he started. It's $200 million annual revenue and the 700 employees he helped to recruit. Now, people were perplexed and called his decision risky, but that's not how Bartlett sees it. We tend to attribute courage to embarking on something new, the starting out part, but just as courageous is the decision to walk away from something, especially something you have created. Bartlett maintains quitting is for winners because it takes tremendous strength to pull ourselves away from the safety and stability, the certainty in the now to embark on the unknown. Bartlett champions quitting because he is always looking to fill his life with difficult but worthwhile challenges. It was this mindset that enabled him to see beyond his potential as an African immigrant with no formal education, one who would go on to become a CEO and a millionaire by the time he was 25. There is also nothing wrong with quitting when you find yourself in a situation that you can improve. If the effort isn't worth the reward, then there's no problem in walking away. Bartlett talks about the power of possessing emotional intelligence, which allows us to override our primitive mammalian brain, which is predisposed to seeking out and avoiding danger, in lieu of using all the information at your disposal to make the best decision you can. When you lack emotional intelligence, you see the world in black and white and make emotional decisions. Smart people don't do this. Here's a great line from the book, probably my favourite. If you want to avoid making the same mistake twice, make more decisions based on your past memories and fewer decisions based on current emotions. It's like retaliating in the heat of an argument. Not a good idea, especially if you will regret it five minutes later. The best reaction in a situation like this is no reaction because the alternative is to defend our bruised ego or easily damaged self-esteem and end up saying or doing something we will probably regret. It's true to say you will never prevent all chaos, but you can learn to find your calm in any chaos. In moments of chaos, optimism, proactivity and focus are your friends. Emotion, despair and pessimism will work against you.
The thing about chaos is if you take a moment to step back and observe dispassionately what's actually happening, it's never as bad as we think in that moment. We also have to stop trying to control our past and our future by ruminating endlessly on both. The more we ruminate, the more we amp ourselves up emotionally while reinforcing our powerlessness to control either. You've heard the term before, if you want to feed a problem, then by all means think about it. But if you want to starve a problem, then take action. And taking action is really taking control. Because you are now no longer the result of your circumstances, but the result of the choices you made in response to those circumstances. Bartlett became a millionaire entrepreneur, an outstanding content maker with millions of followers online and the host of the most listened to business podcast in Europe, all thanks to one ingredient that I mentioned at the start of this podcast, and that is consistency. When you consistently save money over time, even if it's just small amounts, the amount saved over a year or five or ten years really adds up due to your investment compounding over time. The same applies to us when we invest in ourselves consistently over the long term. The yield is due to consistency, but also due to the compounding effects of our efforts and our industriousness. They compound any success we will enjoy. Now, I see this myself with this podcast. Thanks to my consistently producing two episodes every single week for the last 18 months, I am now getting more listens in one day than I did in an entire week at the very beginning. Now, the day-to-day evidence is negligible if you zoom in. It's only when you stand back, when you zoom out and look at the graph of my downloads over, let's say, a six-month, nine-month or 12-month period, that you can really see the downloads increasing, compounding into the numbers that I see today. Did one single episode lead to the growth of this podcast over the last 18 months? No. But the compound or cumulative effect of all of those episodes very much did. It's the same when you are going to the gym, learning a new language or start a new job. Improvements will be hard to see on any given day, but if you zoom out, the progress is very much happening. Success comes from consistently doing the right thing over time, even though the results aren't obvious in the short term. Incredibly, 90% of people don't do this, and so don't achieve what they set out to do. Bartlett also suggests being careful what box you put yourself in, because it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy, and more often than not, will limit you. Your beliefs about you are embedded over years, so it takes real work on your part to undo any negative beliefs you have about yourself, If you want to undo these beliefs, then you have to provide yourself with new evidence that disproves these beliefs. In other words, if you want to develop yourself, you have to be self-aware. That is, aware of the things we continually do that distract us from doing the real things we want to do and should be doing. This comes down to the choices we make. You can be very vocal about wanting to do something, but what are you actually doing to get yourself there? Are you instead living down to the idea of yourself that you aren't good enough and allow yourself to become distracted by this? For progress, you must be aware of this self-deception and know that action must be taken to counter this and to put in motion desires you have voiced. Bartlett believes one of the best ways of knowing yourself is to journal. We've mentioned this before. 
Journaling allows us to get to the heart of why we do what we repeatedly do. That is, conforming to our limiting self-beliefs. The book also draws the distinction between intrinsic and extrinsic goals. Intrinsic goals are things like close relationships, personal growth and ambitions, whereas extrinsic goals are money, fame and social appeal. Fundamental happiness comes when we follow our intrinsic over our extrinsic goals. The idea is to embrace our responsibilities to ourselves when we prioritise action, which is in line with our principles. Lastly, the book talks about arguably our most precious commodity, and that is time. The sands of time are constantly shifting, from the day you are born. When time is of such a premium, it's vital that you are constantly aware that it is ebbing away, such that you waste as little of your time as is possible. So, with this awareness, how should we live our lives? Well, clarify your goals and the origin of your values. What are you going to sacrifice to get you there? Does your goal resonate with your intrinsic values? When you think you are sure what your values are, what your goals are and what is motivating you, ask yourself again if these are actually true. A great exercise is this. Ask yourself, how would the person I want to become spend their time? What decision would they make right now? You must always be reminding yourself of what your values, your motivations and your goals are because it's so easy for us to take the easy road on any given day. Why? Well, because, let's be honest, nobody likes discomfort. Real wealth is spending time. Spending time doing something you love and that you're good at. There are so many little gems of big wisdom in this book, Happy Sexy Millionaire, I would highly recommend you check out the book and Stephen Bartlett's podcast too. I love listening to and reading the words of someone who has triumphed over the odds. Bartlett has done that and more. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 